Hello everybody and welcome back to the Dragon's Library. Today we are reviewing Top Gun Maverick. So I was originally going to review Madison today, the video game horror thing I was working on, but I'm recently going through a change in how I develop scripts. Um, instead of breaking it up into a small review with no spoilers and then kind of a, that's all scripted and then a spoiler section that is very unscripted, I'm trying to basically just write a full script for everything, including spoilers, so my work comes across as more cohesive. And I really, really wanted Madison to be the first review I did that with, since it's a video game review, and it's easier for me to organize my thoughts with those, because it's a very long piece of media, and there's a lot to talk about, to see if I can at least stretch it out for there, and then maybe get a full, you know, script for later stuff. As a result, I decided to write a shorter, normal you know, for me, script for Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> In addition, the technical issues that I faced over the last, like, week and a half have thrown my entire schedule off, plus I have the new game I'm working on coming out, so it's just been a really busy week. I apologize for the inconsistent uploads. I've recently released the new episode of the podcast on YouTube. That would be for Bullet Train. That should be going up right around the time this goes up, uh, which will be on Thursday, <laughs> August 18th. This is all to get me ready so I can release on time on Friday, not in the morning, but in the evening. Hopefully I will be able to get both the podcast and the YouTube episodes up. And I'm also just thinking about turning it into full YouTube so I can start making my reviews more suited toward the video format rather than having to make it both audio and video. But that's concerned for a future day. As for now, we are going to be continuing to the actual review. I'm sorry, it's been like a minute and a half, two minutes in, geez, and I haven't gotten there. Sorry about that. We had to get that out of the way. So, let's get started. So, this is Top Gun Maverick. It is a sequel to the original Top Gun movie from, I believe, the 80s. Yes, the 80s. And it follows Pete Maverick Mitchell, who's basically this hotshot pilot, doesn't play by the rules. You know, he's essentially the re way place we get the nickname, You're Being a Maverick. Uh, in fiction. I only saw that original Top Gun movie like one time. It's just not my kind of movie. Like, it's fun. It's a dumb action movie. It's just... Personally, I've never been for, there for like the realistic shooter craze. Like, I'm just not on board with that. I'm more of a fantasy and sci-fi kind of person. Realistic grounding settings are just like, bore me a bit. I don't want to say I don't enjoy works there. I like The Greatest Showman and several other uh, very fantastic movies and shows that are in more grounded settings. I just tend to lean more towards fantasy. However, me and my dad went and saw this uh, the weekend our internet was out. So, or right before our internet went out, actually, that weekend, fully. And it's interesting, because it is very much a sequel, not a reboot. Which I thought was interesting, personally. You see a lot of old franchises being fully rebooted these days. It is common to a certain extent to get sequel series, but they almost always feature a new cast of characters taking over. For example, what there are two types of movies that are usually made with older properties, and it's you either reboot it, like Ghostbusters 2016, or Jurassic World, or any of the other dozen you can mention off the top of your head. And what those will do is they'll take the basic premise. They might mention that the original took place, but it will be more of a wink and nod reference to them. Like, oh yeah, that park was legit. Or, you know, there have been ghosts here for a while. And it's just things like that. There are 
bits like that that establish that the other movie probably happened in this world, or at least some variation of those events did, but that's not what we're here to focus on. We're here to focus on the new characters because we need to get some fresh actors injected into this thing. And then you have what has recently been termed requels. That's what the Star Wars movies are. That's what the new, new Ghostbusters is. And these movies have much more direct links to the original show or movie or property. They'll often have the original actors reprising their roles, now old, passing the door to a new generation of, again, young actors who we can milk several movies out of. <laughs> because that's what these things are designed to do. They're not really designed necessarily, at least on a base conceptual level, to succeed the originals narratively. They're designed to get some fresh faces so we can start milking this franchise. And yes, you can make good movies. I'm on record of actually being a defender of the first two of the new Star Wars movies. I think The Force Awakens is actually a pretty good movie. Yes, it references the original a lot. And I think The Last Jedi is actually really, really good. Uh, I also kind of enjoyed, at least, the new Ghostbusters reboot. It's not amazing, but it's at least fun. However, the main problem is, again, most of these movies just don't have a reason to exist. Like, they can make one. But they don't start out with one. There's not an initial sparks like, oh, there was there was a new tale to tell. It was more of company wanted to make some money. And don't get me wrong, Top Gun Maverick is definitely here because Top Gun is a popular franchise, or at least is a well-known name. Um, but it feels weirdly like it has a reason to exist. So Top Gun Maverick has Matt Pete, you know, Captain Pete Maverick Mitchell. Uh, he was a test pilot for, you know, after he got out of Top Gun. This is over 30 years after Top Gun. So he's older, but he's still, like, fairly youngish, I think. And he, he, you know, he lost his partner in the first movie. And he has, you know, he has good relations with Iceman, who was, like, his wingman. So he's working on this base. And he's working on this base so that he can get this new experimental mock test flight. The test flight goes away, but he manages to prove that they were reaching their quotas on speed. However, he did so by dismissing, you know, going into the Admiralty, who wanted to shut the program down because it's all about drones now. There's a uh, obvious parallel, you know, there's an obvious thematic difference between the pilot who can react on the fly versus, you know, the human element versus the machine element. They want to place all the pilots with drones. It's all, it's only a matter of time until robots are doing our jobs. But it's so much more nuanced than that conversation usually is because they don't deny the effectiveness of machines. They just also don't deny the flaws that exist within them, which I think is a lot more balanced. Um, but he is saved the last minute because his old friend Iceman is an admiral and needs him for this special job. However, he's not going to be the pilot originally, at least. He does end up flying the run. Uh, he needs to be the teacher to the new game. And the reason I say because this sounds like a requel, right? This sounds like it should be a requel. The reason this is not a requel is because, yes, he does become the teacher, but the focus is very much on Pete Maverick Mitchell and his new role as a teacher. He turns into very much the main character. We spend the most time with him. He's our main point of view focus. The other characters are very much secondary and side characters, even with some of the more important ones. We'll get into that in a second. Um, and it's supposed to be this impossible thing, you know, to fly really low, really fast, lots of turns. You're supposed to be experiencing G-forces that most humans just can't withstand. You gotta get this bombing run, you know, it's this bunker that's, it's literally the joke with Top Gun is essentially that you never know who you're fighting. Uh, they never name them at all in the whole film. It's just this country, this unknown, unnamed country has developed a uranium plant. Uh, they're working to enrich uranium and the UN 
this violence you in treaties. We need to stop them. It's only in three weeks. We got to get these pilots trained. So he's charging to be a teacher. Everybody's like, ah, we just, you weren't our first choice, buddy. But Iceman says you're the guy for the job. And he's an admiral now. So, you know. Along the way, he reunites with an old flame who is, oddly enough, not the old flame from the first movie. I thought she was. My dad's like, no, no, no. This is a different character. I'm like, okay. Well, that's weird. She's basically interchangeable, but whatever. Uh, they have, you know, the whole, we didn't work out last time. So that means, of course, they're going to have sex. Like, seriously, the moment any character in a action movie goes up to the main character at a bar and says, you know, this didn't work out well last time. You just know they're the love interest for that whole movie. And I kind of felt like they just phoned it in. There's a thematic grounding him to having something to come back to. But in general, I just didn't enjoy it that much. But then again, I'm well established not liking love stories uh, in other movies, non-romance stories, unless they're actually well done. So, <laughs> you know, I get to be judgy. Moving on from the plot, we have the characters. And it's interesting because I think Maverick is a good character. I think he's an interesting character. He has flaws. He's definitely cocky, but he has the skill to back it up. Uh, he's like, you genuinely get the feeling that the only reason people in the military tolerate him, and a lot of them want to see him just kicked out of the military entirely, but the only reason the Navy keeps him around is because he's just that good. Um, and I kind of like the asshole who's actually that good and can back it up. If you're going to be cocky, especially in fiction, you better have the skill to back it up. Because we have enough of people who are cocky and then immediately die. It's an overused joke. Uh, Val Kilmer actually reprises his role as Iceman. Does a good job. Fun fact, he actually has uh, cancer, throat cancer. And in the movie, he has throat cancer. So he has to speak with like a text-to-speech device. Which is a very nice touch and, you know... Good for that actor who's able to come back here and do this, even while suffering from something so immense. Uh, we have Miles Teller as T, uh, LT Bradley Rooster Brand Bradshaw, uh, codenamed Rooster, essentially. He is the son of Goose and Carol Bradshaw, basically the, uh, set, you know, his partner in the first movie who died. Uh, and there, there's so much foreshadowing showing that, like, Tom Cruise is going to die for him. I'm not going to spoil it. I will just say it's a disappointment for me personally. Uh, anyway, he essentially doesn't like, he's basically this, you know, well-liked, everybody likes him. Everything's pretty good. There's that one cocky guy that gets in his way, but they both kind of respect each other's skill to a certain extent. And when Maverick comes on board, he's constantly at odds with him. He's constantly, you know, arguing and annoyed with him because he feels like he left his dad to die. In addition to that, uh, Maverick promised the mom after he, you know, got in out of high school, that he would delay his admission into the Air Force or to the Navy pilot program um, in order to keep him safe a while longer. And Rooster always took that the wrong way. He always took it as uh, Maverick, not thinking he was ready. So there's a lot of tension between them. Uh, and their argument essentially forms the main thematic argument, essentially, the idea that Maverick is only able to do what he does because he doesn't have to worry about coming back to somebody. Uh, and that rooster is heading towards that kind of life. Um, then you have Penny, who is Maverick's reco- rekindled love interest, the bar owner he meets. From okay, so I thought she he was she was like a same woman, just played by a different actress from the first movie. My dad swears she isn't, and from what I can tell, she apparently isn't. Apparently, they just met in the intervening thirty years, also had a breakup, and then also wanted to rekindle. It's just like. Why isn't she just the first, the character from the first movie? Just get a different actor if the old actor is either dead or wouldn't come back. I, I didn't bother to check. I just, it's not worth checking. Uh, you have Cyclone. He's like the head of the naval forces. 
and a few other people. That she's played by John Ham. Jennifer Connelly plays the love interest, by the way. The others, you have like a few others. You have like Phoenix and Bob. They're all alright. The actors are doing fine for them. You have like this whole group of recruits and only like, I'd say like five or six of them getting any kind of fleshing out. So you have Phoenix and Bob. Bob is like the generic technician who's actually really good at his job. You have Phoenix, who she's like, you know, hotshot leader. She's one of like the three leads essentially amongst the recruits. Um, you have, like I said, Rooster, who's pretty good. Then there's Hangman. He's essentially uh, the really, really competent pilot. Like he's the only one who gets close during the initial run when they're first doing their training. The first few weeks, like the first week, uh, Maverick sets them out to do these like nearly impossible runs for practice to try and get them to do the run, and none of them can do it. But Hangman actually manages to get to the end. However, you need two planes to blow up the target because one of them has to blast the uh, outer shell, and then the other has to right behind them fire it in through the vent. So he manages to technically get there, but his partner goes down behind him. And he is, like, the most competent asshole in the movie. Like, of all the people around you, like, Maverick is at least, like, concerned about his teammates and everything. Hangman is an asshole. He really is. Like, he's called Hangman jokingly by his friends, but because he'll leave you hanging. Um... But he is really goddamn good at what he does. Like, he might be the best. Even Aside from Maverick, he might very well be the best pilot, just pilot on their own, in the movie. So, he kind of earns his cockiness, which... Like, you know when there's an asshole in the movies and they're just like a rich kid? And it's like, you have no reason to be that cocky. But with Hangman, it's like, you get why he's cocky. You get why he's cocky. He's the only one who came close to reaching Maverick's um, point. And I have to respect him for that. I have to respect him. The only other person who did it was Rooster, but he did it by being too slow. He was like a minute behind the target schedule. Um, so I do have to give those two that. I do have to give them that. Then you have, that's basically it actually. The others are just kind of boring. I was gonna, I was gonna, I have this whole thing written down actually. This is ad living. I was holding written down with a camera and Warlock. It's like, they don't really get any screen time. Like they're just kind of background characters. I'm not gonna spend a lot of time going over it all. It's, yeah. Anyhow, that's basically it. It's just like, it's fun. It's a fun movie. Um, Maverick does this whole thing where he has to like prove it. You know, there's some awesome scenes. I gotta admit, the, I do admit that there's like the 30 minutes of training and like the 30 minutes of the actual runs. So, like about an hour of the movie is really good. The dogfighting and flights in these are full of tension and nervousness. There's all this, uh, like I was like tense in my seat. I, I have not, I've only felt that way in a movie a few times. Very well done. Great action scenes. I can see why this is like the number one movie of the year. It has some amazing cloud, crowd pleasing, pleasing moments. Um, but the rest of the movie is, as I described to several other people over the course of the last like week and a half, visual white noise. It's just kind of there. Like there's this blurry little plot that kind of fills in the details. And like I said, I'm just not into the whole raw of interest thing, which eats up like another 30 minutes. I just don't care. And yes, I understand that him having a love interest is what grounds Maverick back and shows that he actually has something to come back to, which is supposed to disassociate, you know, be a disassociation from who he was and the growth of the character. I get it. And thematically, that's good. It's just the execution is boring. And the execution is what I'm watching. Uh, I, I would like to give it points for that, but, like, it's a love interest plot they shoved in for a thematic point they could have really done with any kind of relationship, honestly. And it just didn't work for me. 
So, all in all, this is a movie with that actually seems to understand the source material, does seem to have a reason to exist, showing a continuation from Maverick as pilot to teacher, which is actually a narrative through line. The director seems to have actually enjoyed shooting this. Uh, apparently, they even got the military to let them actually like, take off in some scenes with the actors in some planes. There was this whole thing in the front of the movie about Tom Cruise, like the first, you know, actors to ever be like, certified with the Navy or something. And the movie is well shot, and the actors are all doing a good job. The script is part of, part of the weakest point, because a lot of what's in the movie is not in the script. Uh, there are a few good lines here or there, but I will say the script is probably the weakest part of this movie. Outright. Uh, not weak. Like, compared to most movies, it's just kind of average, but it's just... It doesn't do a good job on selling you on the non-action, non-training parts of this movie. And that is a problem. So, I know a lot of people were, like, going crazy over this movie. It wasn't... First of all, it wasn't my cup of tea. Um, <laughs> this is not exactly a movie I usually seek out. But, I will admit it is well done. And the action was very engaging. So, I'm going to give this an 8 out of 10. It's not amazing. It's not perfect. But it does some of the things that put it above average. And, quite frankly, it has more reason to exist than most movies that come out these days. Which is a rarity and something I didn't know I'd treasure. So, congratulations, Maverick. You managed to pull me out of giving you like a 6 or a 7. Goody for you. Anyway, with that out of the way, I think I'm going to go and wrap up. Um, moving on to the spoiler section. It's going to be pretty brief, though. You know, not really. I'm, I'm getting a little tired doing the spoiler section, to be honest. But I do have a few more things to talk about, so let's do it. Okay, so I talked about the beginning where he does the test flight. Uh, he does this stupid Maverick thing where he pushes above, you know, the speed supposed to go 10.1 or whatever. And then he gets sent off to Top Gun. They're like, oh, dude, you can leave whenever you freaking want. You're not, you're not the one we wanted, but Iceman seems to think you are. So, <sighs> Maverick tries to get them to do the bombing run, and they all, like, fail at it to different degrees. Again, Hangman and Rooster basically get it, but they don't get, either they don't bring their teammate with them, or they don't bring, get it there in time, so that's not good enough. And there's actually this really cool scene, because basically they call, call them into their office, and they're like, look, we thought you could do this, apparently they just, you, they cannot make this, this run is apparently impossible, it's technically possible. We don't think it's possible for the men we have available. So we are going to be dismissing you. Thank you very much for your service. And we're going to be extending the time to four minutes. And he's like, but if you do that long, if you go from 2.5 to four, they're going to dogfight. They're not going to be able to get out of there undetected. They will be fighting every last inch on the way out. They're going to die. Like they're going to be casualties. Like we understand this, but it's about getting the mission done. Not about their lives, unfortunately. Uh, it's not said quite that way, but it said, look, they've accepted the risk. And Maverick gets so pissed, and this is, like, one of the best scenes. Okay, so, uh, they dismiss him, and he's like, what am I going to do? And the officer's like, show him, show him what you can do, or whatever, something like that. I genuinely forget what she said, because the next part is just great. <laughs> like I said, not even tram. So, while the uh, military officer who I brought Maverick over there... Uh, is explained that the time has increased to four minutes, all the kids are like that. They suddenly get a calm message, it's like, uh, someone's on the training, training, training course. It's like, what? It's like, uh, sir, you are not, yep, this is Maverick. And I'm like, uh, sir, have you practiced for, nope, just set up the course. And it's like, okay. You know, they're just flipping on. 
And so the kids watch Maverick. This, like, again, I think he's like 50, technically, in the movie. Uh, it's Tom Cruise playing him, so. And he's just, like, running this course. And he finishes it time to spare, hits the shot, and dives, like, they're, like, the top G's. You're supposed to be doing, like, 10 G's during the escape, where you go straight up a cliff and then straight down. Uh, and he just breezes through it. And the, everyone's just watching him, just going, like, what the hell? Uh, and right after he finishes, the general is like, what the hell was that? It's like, uh, I showed you it could be done. Now, do you want me to teach them how to do it, or do you want to send someone to their deaths and then be the one to tell their parents that you willingly let them die instead of letting the only guy who could do this teach them? It's literally like, you need me. I could do this. I could show them how to do this. <laughs> it, it's Oh, it's just that moment of, yep, yeah, that's Maverick for you. Uh, it was a lot of fun. And then we have the only other scenes I really care about, which are the combat scenes at the very end where they're doing the course, and it's just great. Uh, so the whole thing is that they have to get through this canyon because no one thinks they'll fly any bombers through this canyon. Uh, because it's basically just, just very narrow, very low to the ground surface area. If anything gets above like a few hundred feet, surface aerial missiles will just blast them out of the sky. There's an airbase nearby. And so the mission starts where they launch a barrage at the airbase to try and reduce the amount of uh, dogfighters. And the fighters have to fly underneath, inside the canyon, so underneath the range of the surface aerial missiles. Uh, go up over the lift of the valley, go down in there. One, the first plane blasts the uh, bunker, bunker's ventilation shaft open. The second one fires a blast into the ventilation shaft. And there's this whole thing where they send out like two sets of planes, essentially. So four, some redundancy. And Maverick, Phoenix, Hangman, and the one other pilot whose name escapes me. Um, not Hangman, I'm sorry, Hangman. Not Hangman, Rooster. And there was another pilot who I didn't talk about, I don't think. That was, like, Rooster's, uh, co- like, you know, wingman. He actually sends Hangman to be their backup in case, you know, basically he's the deployable backup in case they need any reinforcements. Um, and they have this whole, like, awesome race through there and bombing run. There are two planes that were just, like, scouting the area that come across them. So there's this big dogfight. And then, basically, Rooster's about to get shot out of the sky. And so Maverick just, like, this, you know, sacrificial play essentially you're gonna need to go home uh and everybody's like he's dead and it's it's very clear he's dead like okay let's put it for you if this wasn't an action movie it was, if it wasn't this action movie he'd probably be dead because i need to bitch about this a bit see before they did this uh rooster and him had, like kind of made up and before the mission like right before they're about to leave you know get in their planes rooster's like hey i need to talk to you just need to say that no 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 wait it's like hey buddy we gotta get up in the air and it was like, hey, we'll talk about it later. It's like, all right, I really want to talk to you because, you know what, I think we have a future. It was like, yeah, man. And it's just like, it's like this moment of like, you could not put more, and the, there are all these, I'll, I'll see you when you get back things. And they're just like, they're layering on so many death flags on Maverick. It's not funny. It's genuinely not funny. It's exhausting because you either know he's absolutely going to die or absolutely not. There's no like, it, it, it feels like he should die. Narratively speaking, the language of cinema they use, he should have died. I know they're trying to be a subversive, but it annoys me when people use the language just to subvert it because it destroys the cultural understanding of narrative language. And I, no, I can't get into that right now. Uh, anyhow, so Maverick sacrifices himself, but he's still de dead. And they're all like, oh no, he's dead, he's dead. But Rooster decides to go back for him. Rooster gets shot out of the sky, but they manage to survive. And they go steal an old plane. It's basically the same model of plane 
as in the original movie, and they're like, what an antique. It's like, I'll show you how to fly this. And Maverick flies in, they fight against two of the newer, you know, the newer state-of-the-art planes. They manage to trick shot one by pretending they're a friendly aircraft, investigating the disturbance. Um, and then they manage to take out the other one, but just as the, the not-recovered plane they dealt with that first, they managed to stabilize itself, gets to you know, take him out. Uh, Hangman swoops in and kills him. It's like, you owe me, buddies. Uh, it's just, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's hard to describe some words, because it's more a feeling, like the tension of the run itself. It's a very visual experience, which, kudos on a movie for making scenes that are hard for me to describe. Uh, that's good on them. That's bad on me, but good on them. Aside from that, there's not really not that much to say. I just don't really have much to say about this movie. I mean, I still talk for 25 minutes, but that's beside the point. And besides, at least like three or four of those for me describing the setup for everything or my own personal BS that's been going on. So, uh, yeah. I will see you all next time, hopefully with Madison. Bye! I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode, and thank you for listening to The Dragon's Library. Please, subscribe to this podcast to be notified of new episodes. The Dragon's Library releases new episodes Tuesday and Friday each week, and you can follow us on Twitter at dragon underscore library 2. If you want to suggest an episode topic, my email is in the description below. As always, thank you so much for all your support.